coming up next on Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job. You can read the Bible and find all the way from Genesis to Revelation much mention of the favor of God. Much of the favor of God is spoken of as the grace of God. And I want you to understand today how the favor of God affects us and how the favor of God splashes on to our surrounding. Welcome to Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job. He's president of Moody Bible Institute and the founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm John Geiger. Hey, did you know that as a believer, you are a carrier of God's favor and blessing wherever you are and wherever you go? We don't often ponder that, but it's true nonetheless. We're continuing our series called God at Work. And I have to tell you that this has been a great reminder for me on what it means to show the love of God at work. We're going to get right into our study and head to Genesis chapter 39 to explore the role of work from the life of Joseph. In particular, we're looking for the four concepts to understand the favor of God. Here now is Mark Job on Moody Presents. Favor is that permeating presence of God, that blessing and grace over a person's life. Uh, Favor means to give special regard to, to treat with goodwill, to show exceptional kindness to someone. Favor is the special affection of God towards you that releases an influence on you so that others are inclined to like you or cooperate with you. That's favor. When your boss favors you at work, Suddenly, there's doors that open. He gives you extra grace. He opens doors for you, gives you opportunities. Why? Because there's favor towards you. When I have people come up and they're facing a trial or a court case, I pray for God's favor, for favor from the judges, favor from the jury, That means a positive disposition towards that individual that maybe they don't deserve, but that comes to them because of favor. You can read the Bible and find all the way from Genesis to Revelation much mention of the favor of God. There's different words used to describe God's favor. It says God was pleased with them, or words like success are used, or the pleasure of God is used, but all around this idea of the favor of God. In the New Testament, much of the favor of God is spoken of as the grace of God. Grace is God's unmerited, undeserved favor. As I look at Genesis chapter 39, I see Joseph, a man who the favor of God was all over his life. And I want you to understand today how the favor of God affects us and how the favor of God splashes on to our surrounding. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. You remember the story of Joseph? He was sold as a slave by his own brothers. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. His brothers had taken Joseph, full of envy. They had sold him to a traveling caravan of Ishmaelites who were on their way to Egypt. And Potiphar had bought 
Joseph as a slave from these Ishmaelites. Verse 2. Oh, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. And he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. Verse 3. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all of that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in his house and in his field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Today, I want to talk to you about four concepts to understand the favor of God. The first thing I want you to understand about the favor of God is this. The favor of God is always interconnected with his presence. I'm not talking about the favors of God. I'm talking about the favor of God. Many of us want favors from God, but there's a difference between obtaining favors and having the favor of God. Uh, some of us find ourselves in difficult circumstances and we sort of pray this kind of prayer. Oh God, could you do me the favor? Intervene here. Answer this prayer. Break through this. You're asking God for, for a favor. But there's difference between having favors and walking in favor. I want you to understand that prosperity was part of the bigger plan that God had for Joseph. The bigger plan. God does not prosper Joseph just for the sake of Joseph he blessed him so that his family all would be spared. We can never see prosperity as an end in itself. God blesses us to become a blessing. Hello? I believe that there's some pastors that get caught in what I would call a prosperity gospel. Now, I believe that God does prosper, and I believe there's principles in the Word that bring prosperity to our life. But I believe an overemphasis on prosperity without a balance in life lead to a distorted gospel. God doesn't prosper us just for our own sake. God prospers and gives us favor so that we can flow in blessing to others. I want you to notice what it says in verse 2, and it says, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. You cannot disconnect the presence of God from the favor of God. The, the favor of God follows the presence of God. You can't desire God's favor without his presence. The two are interconnected with each other. Let me illustrate. If you remember the story in Exodus chapter 33, verse 12, Moses has led the people of Israel out of slavery from the Egyptians. And these people really became a heartache and a headache to Moses because they complained and they murmured and they didn't want to go and they wanted more. They didn't want just bread. They wanted meat and they were afraid of the promised land and just murmuring and complaining as 
Moses led them. And so Moses is halfway complaining to God when he arrives at Genesis chapter 33. And Moses says to God, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and, ha and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Moses is telling God, God, I found favor with you. And so if I found favor with you, I want you to come with me, bring your presence with me. He had the task of leading his people. And I love how Moses at the end says, Lord, these are your people. You know, we do that as parents, don't we? When my kids are misbehaving, my wife says, hey, you're kids. When they're behaving well, she said, these are my kids. When they're misbehaving, they're your kids. We do that, right? Well, I do that with the congregation. When you're behaving well and things are going well, I said, Lord, my, my congregation. When, when, when I'm not happy, I said, Lord, your congregation, could you please deal with them, Lord? Moses was doing that. He says, your people, God, deal with your people. And then he goes on and he says something very extraordinary. Verse 15, he says, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Moses says, God, he understood that the presence of God was tied into the favor of God. And Moses said, Lord, if you don't go, if your presence doesn't go, then I don't want to go from here either. And he goes on to say, what will distinguish us from all the peoples of the earth except for your presence? If your presence is not here and your favor is not here, then we're like everybody else. And I want your presence and I want your favor. So God, show me your glory. When you understand the power of the presence of God, you want more of his presence. When you get a taste of the presence of God, when you get a taste of his holiness, a taste of his power, a taste of his love, when you are exposed to the power of God and his presence, it awakens a hunger inside of you that says, I want more of that, not less. After experiencing the presence of God and knowing that his favor goes, then he said, God, show me your glory. And God said to Moses, I will show you my glory. But if I were to give you a full manifestation of my presence, you would not be able to handle it. You would die. So I'm going to show you as much as you can handle. I love that about God. God says, ask for more. I'm willing to give you as much as you can handle, but you can't handle all of my glory or you would be consumed. So the Bible says he put him behind the cleft of a rock and that Moses saw the train of God's glory because if he would have shown him more, he would not have been able to live. And just that exposure to the presence of God sent Moses into this. Well, Moses was a glow stick after that. The Bible tells us that he came down from that experience and he actually glowed. And he started wearing a veil so people could not see the fading of his glory. Imagine that, there's Moses, veil over his face. Exposure to the presence of God. There's a favor of God that traveled with his presence.
We're going to get right back to Pastor Mark's message in a moment. But first, if you just joined us, you're listening to Dr. Mark Job, and this is Moody Presents. Our topic on today's broadcast is the favor of God. We're learning that His favor is always connected with His presence. There's more to come, so stay with us if you can. Now, is it possible you're one of the many listeners who have been with us for a long time, maybe since Moody Presents launched back in 1971? Well, if so, you know just how practical this Bible teaching really is. And you know how it's impacted your life, benefited you personally. Well, maybe you'd like to become a Moody Presents partner and help us financially with a monthly gift. You can set that up quickly and easily with a credit or debit card or automatic check withdrawal. And it's super easy to become a Moody Presents partner online at moodypresents.org. Moodypresents.org. And here's the really cool thing. If you decide to give at $30 a month or more, we'll email you a code which will let you purchase Moody Publishers books and DVDs at 50% off. You heard me right, half off. Enjoy this 50% discount as often as you like, as long as you like, when you're a Moody Presents partner. Why not sign up now at moodypresents.org. As we return to our study on the favor of God, another important factor is the condition of our heart. That's next on Moody Presents. Here again is Mark Job. Do you recall that when David, King David, was seeking to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the city of David, which is Jerusalem, The Ark of the Covenant was a box that God had designed to symbolize His presence. And David wanted to build a city that would be called the city of God, a city that people would come to, a city that would reflect the glory of God. So he knew that he wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant to the city of God. But David went about bringing the presence of God to Jerusalem in a carnal way. You can't touch holy things in carnal ways. You cannot try to bring the presence of God to a place in a fleshly way. Spirit generates spirit, flesh generates flesh. If you try to do the work of God in the power of the flesh, you end up with flesh. The work of God can only be done in the power of the spirit. So David decides to try to bring the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God into Jerusalem. But instead of doing it the way that God had commanded in Scripture, David puts the Ark of the Covenant on a cart with wheels. Scripture says that it's to be carried with poles by the priests, not in a cart with wheels. Sometimes we think that innovation can substitute what God wants, but you always go with God's way. And so as they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant in a cart, carried by oxen, the priests were marching beside it, the people were celebrating, and well, it must have been like the streets of Chicago because there were potholes there. The cart hit a pothole and the ark tumbled around, and so one of the priests lifted up his hands to steady the ark, and immediately God struck him dead because he said, do not touch which is holy. It was common knowledge by the priests that they were unable to touch the ark of the covenant because it represented the holiness of God, and immediately the procession stopped, and everybody gazed at the body, and people were afraid, and David, who was part of the procession, no longer wanted the presence of God in his holy city. He was afraid of God and mad at God. 
And so they decided, what are we going to do? Where are we going to keep this? If we, they were halfway to Jerusalem, and so where are we going to put the ark? And so one of the priests named Obed-Edom said, I'll open up my house and you can keep it in my house. So the Bible says that they brought the ark into the house of Obed-Edom. Obed had a family, children, wife. They brought it into his house. David waited to see what would happen. He probably sent out a report and said, any, any of Obed's kids dead yet? Fire come down in his house? Anything bad happened to Obed? Three months the ark of the Lord was in the house of Obed-Edom. It was the presence of God. And I want you to notice what the presence of God did to Obed-Edom's house. In 1 Chronicles 13, verse 14, it says, And the ark of God remained in the family of Obed-Edom in his house for three months. And the Lord blessed his household and everything that was in it. For three months, the presence of God was in the household of Obed-Eben, and the presence of God brought the favor of God. So suddenly, neighbors started noticing that the, the cattle that Obed owned were getting fatter, that the milk was getting more, that his kids were getting bigger, that other people were getting sick and he wasn't getting sick, that his household was prospering, that things were going well with them. And they started to notice that, hey, what's up with Obed? Man, he, did you change your hair, Obed? Because you look good. No, no, no. The presence of God, the favor of God was on his household. And everything all of his household, that means all the people in his household and everything in it prospered. What was it? Well, it was the presence of God. When David heard that report, David said, now I want it. And so he called for the ark to be taken to the city of David because the presence of God carries the favor of God as well. I want you to notice this. I want you to understand that God's favor always travels with his presence and you cannot separate the two. Now you ask yourself today, well, where is God present? Theologians understand that God is omnipresent, which means that there is no place in the universe, spiritual or physical world, that God is not present. If you go to the farthest star of the universe, the presence of God is there. If you go to the darkest seas where the creatures who have not seen the daylight and those weird-looking fish live, God is there. If you go to the center of the earth, God is there. If you go to hell itself, hell itself, the presence of God is there. There's not a place, there's not a space, there's not a neighborhood, there's not a peak or a valley that God is not present. However, there are places where the manifest presence of God shows up. God is omnipresent all of the time, everywhere, but there are certain places and times where God shows up with his manifest presence. The manifest presence of God means that he allows his presence to be seen and felt and heard in extraordinary ways. 
When Solomon dedicated the temple, he called upon God that he would fill the newly dedicated temple. And the Bible says that the Shekinah glory came upon that temple in such powerful way that the priest could no longer minister because the presence of God was so thick and powerful in that place that it overwhelmed them. When Moses asked for the presence of God, God showed his presence. God is here all the time. God is here right now. God is present right now. In fact, God is here in this place in a unique way because Scripture says that when two or three gather together in the name of Jesus, that he is present among them in a special way. Now, there are times in our worship and there are times when we are broken before God and humble ourselves before God that God shows up in extraordinary ways. Oh, there's times when he's just present and there's times when he is present. Have you sensed that? As a believer, you know in your spirit, there's times where you know he's there because he's always there. But there are times like, well, God has shown up in the house in an extraordinary way. There are times when I pray and there are times when I pray where God has shown up in the house. It's the manifest presence of God. Jesus walked on earth and he was present, but there's the manifest presence of God. Now you say, how does the manifest presence of God work? Well, if someone were to look for God's address on earth, let me tell you, 4101 South Keeler is not the presence of God on earth because when you're gone tonight and this is an empty building, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing significant about this converted factory. This is a place where the people of God have met, but it's not a place where God sort of hangs out at nighttime. Do you know what happens when we dismiss this crowd in a few minutes? Do you know where God's address on earth is? God's address is you. God's address is your body. Scripture tells us that as believers, you have become the temple of the Holy Spirit, and where you go, you carry the manifest presence of God. Where you travel, God travels. Where you walk, God walks. The places you go into, God walks into. When you walk into your office place, God has just shown up in a manifest way in that office place. When you walk into tough neighborhoods, God is walking in that tough neighborhood. When you show up in a high school where there's gang violence, God has just shown up on the scene. Why? Because the manifest presence of God lives within you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. That's what God says. So with the presence of God also comes the favor of God. As a believer, you know in your spirit, there's times where you know he's there because he's always there, but there are times like, well, God has shown up in the house in an extraordinary way. There are times when I pray and there are times when I pray where God has shown up in the house. It's the manifest presence of God. So with the presence of God also comes the favor of God. Secondly, I want you to understand that the favor of God can be attracted or repelled by the position of our heart. In 2 Chronicles 26, verse 4 through 5, it says, Speaking of the king, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Just as his father Amaziah had done, he sought God during the days of Zechariah the prophet. 
who instructed him in the fear of the Lord. Listen to this phrase. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Other translations say God gave him favor. As long as he sought the Lord, the favor of God was with him. When he ceased seeking the Lord and his presence, the favor of God ceased to rest upon him. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 9. Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all that you do, that you may maintain the favor of God in all that you do. Psalms 1 verse 3. He is like the tree planted by the streams of water. Who is like the tree? The one who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or sit in the seat of the ungodly, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He is like the tree that's planted by the streams of water which yields fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Why? The presence of God brings the favor of God that brings the prosperity of God. It's the position of our heart. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for helping us understand that when church lets out, God's presence goes with us and has the potential to influence those around us wherever we go. We've been exploring what it means to be a favor carrier today with our Bibles open to Genesis chapter 39. Now, part two of the message comes your way next time, and I hope you can join us for the conclusion then. For access to the broadcast archives where you can listen to any past program anytime, head to moodypresents.org. That's moodypresents.org. I'm John Geiger. Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio and a ministry of the Moody Bible Institute.